Hi, welcome to the Roundtable. I'm Sandy Powell, and we're on show four. This is the fourth episode of our five-part series of the highs and the lows of women in ministry. Today's topic is answering the call. Each one of the women that are on the Roundtable today will be speaking to that. What it took or what it takes for us to answer that call and sometimes the sacrifices and sometimes the gut punches, all of what it takes, the highs and the lows of just answering the call. So sit back, listen, and hear from these beautiful women what it takes for them to answer the call of God. The enemy is willing to move sideways. This is what the Lord began to minister to me. Mm. Everything that we are so used to or looking for to come direct is not coming direct mm. no more. It's sideswiping mm. us. You know, it's it's blind side blinding, right. blind side blind side. Yeah. You know, you said that earlier, and it's coming from even us in leadership, like you say, from the mishandling of our influence of those that yes. God has entrusted in our care. Yes. All because we wanted an outlet. Right. All because we wanted that safety net or we thought we had it. And we placed burdens on people that was not equipped for that. And so I can understand why Elijah said to Elisha, you know, to get this mm-hmm. portion of what's on me, in a double portion, mate, you're going to have to wait till I transition from this place I'm in. You're going to have to see me do it. You're going to have to see me go, <laughs> you know, Lord, and I appreciate you walking with me and standing with me, remaining loyal to me, that you never let what someone else was saying about me get in your spirit. But even in that, that don't qualify you to get what's in my life or on my life until you see me transition or be elevated to my next place. And I think this is what God is saying to me, that this next elevation for us, even as women in ministry, that we got to let go of this spirit of competition and comparison, yes. you know, and, and self, self-reservation because of fear, you know, which is false evidence appearing real. Um, I can honestly say that I've, I've encountered some people closing out of last year, even coming into this year, that have physically had the opportunity to lay their eyes on me and be in my presence, and they tried to catch themselves before it came out of their mouth and said, you ain't nothing like that. I, it's okay. It's okay. That they said I was. Right. And I said, thank you. For, and it's, I don't take it personal, but we all need that. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you now for seeing me mm-hmm. for who God afforded you to get to see me and versus what somebody else. But if we, sti- if we stick together and keep 
lifting each other up as women of God to fulfill the, the assignments, the purposes that, that we are put here for and learning lessons. Because when, I, when, when I'm in my place of learning a lesson, I still need you to love me. I still need you to, to embrace me. I still need don't, you to throw me away. Don't, don't throw me away because I'm learning something. Tell me you mad at me. Tell me you mad. Tell me. Come and, come and say, thus, bring me the scripture as to what the Lord's saying about my place. But don't cast me aside. It, it, this is the thing. Call doesn't mean always correct. Anointed doesn't mean always right. But if I'm called and anointed, you got to know that I'm going to have a process. But when I'm in my low, can you still recognize that God still has a call in my life, that I'm still anointed? And what are you going to do to help me get to that place that I'm supposed to get to? Like, what are we going to do? We don't get to choose and decide who God said he has called and anointed. We don't get to choose that by the fact that we like, don't like, don't approve, disapprove. We don't get to do that. My thing is to us as women, like, okay, if you know this person is called of the Lord and you know they misstepping, what are you going to do to help them get back in place? Absolutely. What are you going to do to restore them in, 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 a, in a place of meekness? That's, what, that's been one of the missing links, and that's why we can't pull our sons and daughters up because we haven't first allowed ourselves to be spiritually mature enough to pull one another up that, okay, you say you called. And I remember the church mothers that God placed in my life, you know, up and coming in ministry um, that I thought was hard on me. I thought that they didn't like me or that they, that I did something wrong, but they saw the call on my life. And they was called to the call, the assignment on my life versus my emotions and my feelings. Right. So they didn't play with me. And then it was like, I felt like I was being picked out. I was like, you I'm know. I'm calling your chisels. Yeah. And they're the ones that God yes, used to. They, they couldn't cater to my flesh. And, you know, but I was in my process. And I didn't see that because I was just making it look like, you know, why you so hard on me? Mm-hmm. She doing the same thing mm-hmm. because they saw the the real call of God on my life. And then when I got to a place of mm-hmm. being processed, mm-hmm. that even through the rebuke, the open rebuke, mm-hmm. the sitting down, the man overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, the moments I felt like, you know, I was being used. People in my ears that was in the place of where I knew God had called me to be that I was like, and you can see that they. They the ones talking about you. They the one telling you business. They the one, you know, making you the better. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, God, he just, that's where my life began to just come into divine alignment where it became a matter of prayer because, like you said, I didn't know who I could trust, even people that looked like they were already in the position to understand what I was trying to understand. I couldn't understand it. But they saw it, and a lot of times as women, we are immature to the point that we won't even say, baby, I haven't even experienced that, or I didn't get that either. Right. I realized I was mishandled by people that I placed 
myself into thinking that they had something for me out of respect through some knowing submission and right. respect to right. leadership. Right. But they hadn't been fully processed themselves. Right. So hurt people hurt other people. Right. And I think and develop I, other hurt people. Yes. And th- I believe that's what happened. Mm. Because of the process of women in ministry, they were so mishandled in the early uh, conception of women in ministry, right? Or the immaturity or the lack of understanding of call women in ministry that what they didn't like mm-hmm. that men did to them, mm-hmm. in turn, we started doing to one another. Yes. And it's like even now, you know, like you said, sometimes we'll sit and say, why she got to have that title? I don't see that. But you don't know. Right. You don't know. they. Right. I don't see prophet who, you know, mm-hmm. prophet who, mm-hmm. or apostle who. Mm-hmm. You know, God, if that's her, that's who you called her to be. I pray right. that she will walk in the fullness or come into the full knowledge right. of her role right. in being responsive or responding right. to that call. Right. That was my whole big hang up. And so it was like my personal encounter for me. Mm. I had to really, like you say, stop the wrestle within myself mm. and say, God, if this is who you say I am, you're going to have to do it, you know, and you're going to have to make it known to the people that is, 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 it needs to be known to. Mm-hmm. And so it was never about me because none of it did I want. Right. And, and and how did that work out? Because I can, if it's like it was for me, you know, make them see. It, it didn't really turn out like that. It didn't. And it's, <laughs> to be honest, it still don't profit. It's because I can feel the people who who question who God say you are because of their own personal perception of who right. they think you right. are. Right. But it don't negate the fact that this is who. Right. So it settles the the process of becoming. Right. Exactly. By knowing that this is who I am right. in Christ. Like Apostle Paul said, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because mm-hmm. if I know if I came in here and said, I'm an apostle of y'all, y'all are, y'all will throw me out because y'all are remembering me as yeah. Saul, <laughs> the persecutor of the church. You know, y'all I was coming to get y'all in, but yeah, yeah I'm coming to get y'all in because <laughs> he said, but you know, he said, that's why he came the way he came in Philippians. I count on myself to have apprehended. Yes. Yes, but this one thing I do, you know, I'm I'm coming in this thing, forgetting the whole thing. But I can't let you want to be in a place of remembering what I did before I got to walk yeah. in who yeah. I am now. Because y'all were nail my my road to my uh, Damascus road That's experience. It. That's it. And he had to strip, like you you and the woman of God was talking about when I came here. Take off the mask. He had to be demasked. Yeah. On the road of Damascus, that's where it was. The, he had a strip off who you think you are and what you think that you've done right. that would prevent me from calling you to be who I had already ordained you to right. be before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I got to I gotta blind you and let my light overshadow right. the light you thought you had against my church and let you see the real light. Exactly. And that's where... What I believe, you know, you're doing, you're disturbing the darkness in our lives as women. John, in John, it talks about Jesus is the light of the world. In Matthew, it talks about we being the light of the world. 
a city that sit a city that sits on a hill that cannot be. You know, so when we turn on the light as even women in ministry, we should cause disturbance where there's darkness. It is. This is what you're doing for us as women in ministry. We're not saying that we're not called because you right. called us to the round table. But shine the light on us. Show us, disturb our darkness that we still moving in fear. And not only that, but this is it's kinda like It's more like pulling the shade. Pulling the shade. You know how you pull the shade, it goes, and the light comes in. The enemy for so long has had us in the dark. You know, when it comes down to us and women in ministry, we've just been moving in the dark. Moving out of you know out of fear out of out of you know the, you know we 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 always have to shrink ourselves in order to be accepted for whatever reason. But the shade is being pulled, and God's light is coming in to let us know that we didn't have to be that way. And what we did, what we turned into in the dark, we got to shake that. We, we can't be that anymore. Not if we're gonna do effective ministry. Not if, and not continue to do. To be infected right. and doing ministry, right. and and I, I I hear what you're saying, and you might not fully understand it, but you are the one of the ones I would dare to say, with great confidence that God could trust mm-hmm. to call to be a frontline warrior, to to link up with other frontline warriors. You remember when that trending. Thing was going on frontline warrior conference mm-hmm. frontline and everybody oh, said they no, missed that conference or you know i missed that you know it was in the one near bottom era oh you know okay. when but everybody started having the frontline warrior conference and things of that nature but what a real frontline warrior is a person that says that i will be one of the ones that will go out front and link up with another frontline warrior and set up a boundary or protection or perimeter that will hold the front line to my other sisters in ministry, get ready to get back in place, strap up their boots, get up out of that dark place, you know, and so that we can move forward and, and advance and strike back and keep advancing. Mm-hmm. Because it says in Matthew 11 and 12 that as it was in the days of John the Baptist, even until now the kingdom mm-hmm. suffereth violence and the violent take it by force and that means that we got to become forceful and it means to strike back and keep advancing that's what it's saying mm-hmm. but like you say is 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 striking back against the real enemy yes you know and i just want to say thank you you know for bringing clarity to where i the father has been ministering to me um he he's said that he would give me a platform again, you know, and this was my year of relief. And and just to understand that, you know, we all that I believe that's going to heed this clarion call yes. that God is making through yes. you in this assignment is going to say that I don't have it all, mm-hmm. but I have a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And my piece is just as necessary mm-hmm. as the next, you know, and come out of false humility. Yeah. Stop dumbing yes. down. Yes. You know, um, 
I honor the God in you. Mm -hmm. I honor the anointing, the wisdom, mm -hmm. and all that you have done and is yet to do. But it's still, I didn't come in here empty. I didn't come in here questioning why me. I came in intentionally, yeah. on purpose, for, knowing that, mm -hmm. you know, my pain has purpose. Yeah, you know, um, knowing that, you know, my trauma mm -hmm. may have traumatized me, but it's also going to cause me to, to move in my triumph, you know, uh, a season yeah. of victory, knowing that I'm no longer the victim, but right. I'm the victor exactly. you know, that has, has, has conquered whatever tried to conquer me. And I think that's what, like you say, that we're saying that it wasn't for naught. It's never for naught. God just does not have garbage. He just doesn't. He takes everything and recycles. Mm. Everything is recyclable in him. Everything put in his hand, it never goes to waste. It's never a throwaway. It's still usable. It's usable. <laughs> still usable. And my God, I, 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 if, if I can do anything with this uh, series, mm -hmm. is to say, wake up, women. Wake up. See our purpose. See our God. Oh, unite, come together, and fulfill the assignment that we have been put on this earth to do. We are a mighty blow to the enemy's camp. He knows, and he knows it. But if he can keep you and I on opposite sides, see, you got the bow. I got the arrow. Opposite of each other, they are no good. Even coming together, our bow and our arrow is, is a weapon. They work together. And, and and even when it comes down to our personal assignments, when it comes to our local ministries, let's stop comparing. Let's stop that. What world changes do, you know, that's it, your what assignment. Exactly. And what new life does, that's our assignment. That's your portion. But it, it doesn't mean that because we don't do what we're doing like you do it, that we are wrong. We have, we have, I totally still, you know, and that was one of the things the Lord asked me to do in, in, in when the pandemic first hit in 2020. Mm -hmm. He said, will you trust me? And I'm like, God, I don't trust you. Yeah. And he said, no, will you trust me? Mm -hmm. And you know how we have our moments with him. And like, I mean, yeah, why you keep asking me that, you know? And it's like, will you trust me to do what I tell you as New Life House of Prayer Ministries mm -hmm. to do and not what the ministry down the street, around the corner, around the way, or the surrounding areas doing? In other words, he said, will you keep your eyes on me? And I was like, yes, Lord. And so when he told us to stop having service, mm -hmm. I went to my husband. And he said the Lord had already told him that. But he wants to always reassure me that my voice matter. Mm -hmm. Apostolically, when it comes to the order of vows, and prophetically, when it comes to the being a mouthpiece mm -hmm. of vows. Right. Uh, and that was the way we answered our call to ministry. Because mm -hmm. he knew that was something that I did not want to do. Right. When we came back to this city, we wanted to be closer to home, 
which we both are born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. Right. But we didn't want to be at home. We want to be in Montgomery, Alabama. So we wanted to be close enough to get to family. But, yeah. You know, family had to call to make sure we was at home. They couldn't just pop That's up. right. And we visited three three ministries when we came back to the city that we thought, you know, we could go and serve in. But that was the last thing we expected God to do. And it's just like he said, back to the basic. And back to the basic is keeping us in the posture of prayer, laying prostrate before the Lord, getting our instructions from him. The Lord said that this was the year of instructions to us. And even you have confirmed so much that he's given us, even in being transparent and truthful about what heaven is in agreement with that it wants to manifest in earth, in us, yeah. as it already is in heaven. Yes. When we're praying in that pattern, mm-hmm. what we're saying, God, what heaven has already established. Already, that's the word. Do it in us, mm-hmm. in earth. Mm-hmm. And there is a, like you said, a unified front. This is what happened from the beginning. In Genesis 11 and 6, it said, they got God's attention that he said, let us go down and see this thing that they do because they were in agreement. When they said, let us build yes, a, 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 a tower. tower to heaven, mm. they got an agreement. And he said, because they speech was as one, their language was as one, and they was in agreement to do that thing. He said, nothing they imagined to do would be impossible. And he said, except I go down here and scatter their language, they're going to do it. But he didn't have a problem initially with what they were, were endeavoring to do. Right. But because of their motive for doing it, it was that to part. make a name for themselves. That's right. To discredit him as That's God. Right. And when you said the enemy has a problem with us, that was his whole issue. That what his assignment, when he lost focus of his assignment, and I think what even God is ministering to me <laughs> through you doing this is saying that as women, we're losing focus of our assignment. We have been called to labor in the gospel of ministry yes. to bring forth what is lacking. Right. That was Lucifer's assignment. Mm-hmm. He was a walking instrument or walking worshiper right. to bring forth the light of God's mm-hmm. glory through praise and worship. That's a birth of yes. So that, that not that God couldn't do it, but that was his assignment. Right. But he lost focus of his assignment because he saw a place that he felt like needed to be. For, so I'll make myself God. I'll exalt myself. Cause mm. What I'm doing is like God couldn't do it mm. himself. You had an opportunity mm. to to come in agreement with your assignment by by serving in that capacity. That's all we're called to do right. as women. Right. Sir, stop serving our capacity. Men, with men, it's like with each other and with each other. But a lot of it start where we lost our focus. I could preach just like they could preach. Mm-hmm. I can hoop just like they can hoop. All of us are not doers. No, and that's what you know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like whatever you grace to do, know it. Because even Jeremiah talked about. He prophesied there will come a time that women will compass men. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that there will be things even as we embrace what God is calling you to cause us to refocus and realign ourselves as women in ministry with um, to really understand we have an assignment. 
one of the old hymns that I used to love to sing coming up in the church that my mother brought us up in was a charge to keep I have and a God honoring by. And so, you know, when we honor that, when we get back to knowing that the charge that I have, I got to keep. And it, and it's to glorify our God, you know, and, and, and when we get back to that, it'll keep us focused on our portion and stop trying to say we are running this race, but I'm trying to run it in your lane. This is what disqualifies us, yeah. whether it's male or female, but mostly with women, because I'm trying to run my race by crossing over in your lane. And if you ever ran track or know anything, you cannot cross into and what, not only that, but it it nullifies the race. I, and I think that that's the thing we got to learn to learn to appreciate about each other. Uh, the one thing I appreciate about you, uh, uh, Valencia, is um, you have a personality. It's bold. You know, you you try to stuff it down in a fox, but mm-hmm. but the actuality is it's no need to because a woman that's in Christ that love the Lord Mm -hmm. is never going to be intimidated Mm -hmm. by your boldness and so we don't have to that's the thing we we will we got to remember this all of us are not the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're different in every aspect some of us are boisterous some of us quiet and meek some of us are uh, uh, I call uh, forefront. Some of us are great followers. Mm-hmm. We all have a capacity in which the Lord has created us for. And we don't have to shrink down in the presence of any of each other. We all have this place at the throne of God. We all have this place. We're all his daughters. We all, he has personally touched and said something unique in each and every one of us. And what we have to do is learn to appreciate what he has said in each and every one of us. Which appreciation comes with honor. Yeah. You know, to praiseworthy, uh, respect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we really become that unified front that causes, you know, and, and if if you will, when you said that, um, I have repented to God time and time again for all the moments that I miss mm-hmm. thinking that I needed to shrink back from being the me that he created me to be because it was my pain that purchased the power to be bold and confident. You know, it was my commitment and my intentionality intentionality to stay with God, mm-hmm. to honor my vow. You know, that's why that, that old Pentecostal song to me still means something to me, made a vow to the Lord, mm-hmm. and I won't take it back. Right. Lord, help me keep my vow mm-hmm. and don't take it back. Mm-hmm. I remember those low moments that I tried to take it back. Oh, yeah. Ah, glory to God. Oh, yeah. That I remember sometimes 
sitting sometimes on the front row and the second row of ministry that my husband and I served in and felt like that I was just being just picked on for no reason that I intentionally moved from those seats all the way to the last row and said, one more thing done, I'm out this door. And even when I thought I was on my way out the door, God wouldn't let me. (laughs) When I left the church to go to never return no more, I'm the first one to show back up. Me and my husband, and we laugh at it now because it was something about our vow. Right, right. That, 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 it was something about our yes, because you know, you know how we let that man real bad. Yeah. So I started backpedaling. Well, well, maybe not a preacher, just you know, teach. You know, oh yeah, you can teach Sunday school then. That's fine. But like you say, when there is a calling on your life and you answer the call, see, you can't dumb it back and you can't dime back. Mm. You have to let it be what it is and move forward and move forward <laughs> however way the Lord has it to be. And so I, I agree. You, you get to the place where you can't deny Christ and you can't deny who you are Mm-mm. in Christ. Mm-mm. And so you have to let the chips fall what it may Mm-mm. and just let it be what it's going to be. But I thank God for his maturing me. Even in that state, I have learned from that place, too, as well. The woman that I am today started with that little 19-year-old back then. Amen. And so it's matured me to that. So crushing, yes. Uh, Abusive uh, relationship, being in domestic violence situation after situation with my husband. Crushing, yes. Watching your children being pulverized and and beaded. Crushing, yes. But I couldn't let my God go. Yeah, I couldn't let him go. And although I feel as though um, the church, the women, didn't hold me the way they could have held me. Yeah, to help me. Yeah, God, he always, like you said, he always has the build around you. Yeah, those that are placed around you strategically, even if it's just for a season. That's right. To help you to. Get to the place where you need to be because sometimes you're so crushed and so beaten, yes. so broken. You know, you make all the wrong decisions, all the wrong choices, mm-hmm. but God still got to get you to come on this place here. Come on. So, like you, in a divorce, yeah. crushing two little kids that's looking to you for everything, and then you got to have your your mind in the right place. Your you now you building a church. Yes, 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 yes. And building the church, and then you gotta die. You gotta evangelize and fill this church, and 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 bless the people, and and give a word, and 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 then go home and and still feel crushed. Yes, yes. In the midst of your bleed, you still got to bleed, bleed while lead, bleed while lead. You bleed now, leaving a trail everywhere you go, while you trying to. Get people to their destination. Counseling and praying for people while you try to cook the spaghetti dinner and the garlic bread for your children. Help your son and your daughter with your homework. work. You ain't you you don't even have time to rest in self pity. You, you and and this is the thing. I I I I'm gonna ask the question. Were women there for you? You know who was there for me? My mother, my father. My sister and my brothers. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for a godly family. Amen. They were right there. When I needed a child break, 
My mother and my sister would tell me, pack up this stuff. We coming to get them. Amen. Yeah. Aren't you glad? Yes. You're glad about it? <laughs> yes. As women in ministry, I was talking about this with another young woman. Um, when we're at our low points and at our breaking points, because I don't care if you're in ministry, you're going to have those points. Yes. Even you, as anointed and as powerful as we may be used in the kingdom, there are those places where we get to low places, heart heavy places yes. that we as women in ministry need to consider one another. Yes, yes, because iron sharpens iron. Yes. And and lately, as my ministry has been uh, uh, expanded and, and, and as the Lord has taken me through to new territories, my goal to people, believe it or not, are my local intercessors, my national intercessors, and my international intercessors. Mm -hmm. I have one top, two top intercessors, uh, one one here in Georgia and one in Texas, and um, they they are on it. They are. If I feel myself slipping, I don't necessarily come out and tell them pinpoint exactly the specifics, mm -hmm. but I say. Pray for your spiritual mother. And those prayers, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And 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 I've I've got a list of of, of I call them where where I send my APBs out <laughs> when when it's when it's when it's critical. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, beyond my intercessors, there are a list of fivefold ministers, from bishops to apostles mm -hmm. to evangelists to even lay people who I know have the power. That's of right. That's right. And so, because my thing is this, the higher God takes you, the more you need prayer warriors. You need a battalion of prayer warriors who know how to get in a prayer to God. Because you, when you go into new territories, new cities, you need prayer coverage. Not only for you, That's right. but but they know they are trained to pray for my children, my yes. son-in-law, because the enemy would try to send darts to your family. That's exactly when you on front lines of ministry. And so I need prayer coverage for me, for for my inward most thoughts, for any type of temptation, being a single woman. Teach. I still Teach. desire to have a husband. Teach. I'm 63 years young and proud of it. That's it. But, but speak I truth. still have feeling. Yes. And and temptation comes to everyone. Can I say that? Please say it. So as a woman being single in ministry, it's sometimes lonely, a lot of times lonely mm -hmm. when I'm traveling and don't don't have an assistant to travel from right. Georgia with me, but there's someone in the city, right. but I'm still in that hotel room by right. myself. That's exactly. Can I say that? Say it. And so I need prayers that the Lord keep me intact so that I do not fall by the wayside. I need prayers to, that that strengthen me so so that when things don't happen the way I thought, that I won't give up. I'll keep on going. That's right. You know what I'm saying. That's exactly. So, so sometimes, but the the high point of being single is this right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kelly, you, you know I'm about I to run. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. 
As much as I love Reverend Powell, I know what you about to say. <laughs> I can go when I want to. I don't have to worry about telling him where his socks is. I got the whole king size bed to myself. See, that part. <laughs> you know what? I can the be, highs and the lows. I can be a lady or I can just be downright sloppy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. You don't have to rush okay. and shave your legs, do you? No, no, no you don't have no, to. No, no. I'm going to stumble on your chin. <laughs> See? We're talking about the highs and the lows of women in ministry. Back to the matter is that when you're doing ministry, um, even Paul said it, yeah. it's it's better that you're single. Yeah. It's better that you 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 have the liberty, yes. you have the freedom to go and do, and yes. you don't you don't have to pick up but one bag to do it. That's it, you know. And so for that reason, even on the side that you said, well, I get get a little lonely sometimes. On the high of that is that you. There, there you go. There you you go. have to run as far as you want to run. <laughs> and and it's, it's just been exciting because there are some mornings where the Lord will awaken me three, four in the morning. And I'm just wide awake. Thought I had to go to the restroom. No, right. you got to pray. Right. You got to meditate. Right. You got you to gotta receive from me what I want you to receive. Well, uh, unfortunately, that doesn't stop at marriage because I still get that. You still <laughs> That's I it. still get the three o'clock, the four o'clock, and, and you, the two thirty. I still get those. And calls. you gotta have the right kind of mate. Yes, depending on the call of your, it doesn't matter. Whatever call of God on your life, you need the right man to understand your spiritual mantle, right. and even your natural. As you, as a woman, he needs to 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 honor the mantle on your life. And not interfere with what God is doing and cause you to blossom and go higher. Because if he wants to come alongside of you and is a hindrance, he's not the one. Exactly. But if he comes alongside of you and says, babe, if you just want me to carry your suitcase, I got you. That's that's why the round table is is even in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is because a prophet doesn't uh, feel intimidated. Yes by what the Lord is doing in my life. That's why even at the two, three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes, he joins me in prayer. Praise God. See, that's the that the, the part about, you know, being rightly joined together with someone is that they will compliment you. Yes. And that, that you will be like a puzzle piece and you will fit rightly together. Yes. And so it's a it's a blessing on both ways in the sense of being married and married to the right kind the of man. right man. Because we, you know, I, I've I've done it wrong. I've been married to the wrong kind of man. Yeah, and it's yeah. A, it's a it's um a weight that I can't even describe is smothering, and it's um you can't lift it. That's right, and it becomes a form of oppression. Yes, uh, because <clears throat> you do feel trapped. You feel bound. You don't feel free and certainly can't uh, come to him and say, look what God did today. Look what I did today. Because there's, there's not no one accord. And so it's, it's very important. There are a lot of single women, I, I'm sensing by the spirit, yeah. that are in ministry that are watching this. Let me say this. If you believe God will send you a mate, he will. Yeah. And sometimes, let me go ahead and put this out here because I'm feeling this. 
you if you're a black woman, you can't always be confined to the black race. Can I say that out loud? If you are a black woman and you are in ministry, don't allow the color of skin to limit you from what God wants to send you. Yes. Your husband could be white. He could be Italian. He could be German. He could be Puerto Rican. But he could be full of the Holy Ghost and love you like you ain't never been loved in your life. That one. Teach it now. Because when you love right, it don't matter what the rap man do. It should not matter. Now, I have said this in my time history. I have said that my attraction (laughs) is to darker men. Uh, But you're right. And you get down to it. And you put all of the aesthetics aside and all of the, the, you know, stuff that surface. All you want is a good man that love the Lord. And yes. Love yes. And don't limit what God wants to do. You know, you know, because 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 I've seen the list for many daughters that have counsel. I want him to be light skin. I want him to be brown skin. I want. No, baby, you want him to be God skin. Yes, Rachel, we so often talk about men and literally uh, prophetess. I do not engage. I don't, in conversation where we as women ministers and pastors and prophetess sit around and bash men because that say to me, do I really know who I am? I don't have to prove to uh, brother so-and-so that God has chosen me, not just called me. I don't have to prove to anybody of who I am. Exactly. Because God knows who I am. Exactly. And and you don't have to give an account if I'm not who I am. I have to give an account. And believe me, I will be judged if I am not who I say that God has called me to be. So I don't have to go around. I don't have to sit in the pulpit. I don't I don't even have to come to your house. But if I'm in your house, I respect the order of your house. That's exactly. I was um, in a church the other uh, couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was invited to a funeral by some family members, and they asked if I would be on program. And I said, yes, I said, but I do understand how your pastor feels about women uh, pastors and ministers. And I said, so you need to uh, ask him, is it okay for me to come? Right. And they called me and said, yeah, yeah, he said it's okay, it's okay. But when I got there, know him well, greeted him. Uh, came in the office before we got ready to go into the sanctuary. He said to me, you sit right here and I'll call you up. Right. When it's time for you to do what you do. So I didn't sit back and mumble. He didn't have no call. But he, no, I went. I did what he asked me to do. He called me up and I did what uh, God had ordained. I read the scripture. That's right. I went to the pulpit. Right. I, I read the scripture and I went back and sat down. Right. But I'm not going to come back and say, he didn't let me be. No. Right. And we've got, we really have to stop that. And I think that comes from when you have this call in your life, you have to know who you are. Because if you do not know who you are, that type of thing will distract you. Exactly. And that's a distraction from, from where God wants us to go. Right. And it will consume you. And it will consume you. And I refuse to allow, let me say it like this, man to consume me right. about who I know I am. Right. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm, have a joy about that God chose me. 
you know, that that I'm his vessel. That's it. That he chose to use at this time. And we've got to stop. But Jesus didn't preach from a pulpit. He did not. He didn't he didn't have a platform. He would raise himself above the people so they could hear. Right. So they could hear. Exactly. But not so to be elevated. To be elevated. And I think that's the problem, maybe, that we are wanting to be recognized by men. Men. And not necessarily fulfill the assignment that's on our lives. That's it. Yeah. And so you, you have become very comfortable with the fact that I'm just going to fulfill the assignment, right, right. which is why I, as I, I feel the very same way. I don't feel the need to prove to people anything. Um, I guess get their approval. Right. For what I know God said that I'm supposed to be doing in, in the earth. And, and Mary, and I'm very honest, when I am with women, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. Right. We we know who we are. Exactly. And and we, if you don't know who you are, then you need to pray about it. That's exactly. Because if you keep getting consumed with that, you will not be able to fulfill the assignment that God has you. Exactly. Because there will be stumbling blocks ahead of you. All the, There will always be a man or men that do not. I just left a conference this week, and it's filled with men. Right. But I walk around with my head up. Right. I have my stilettos on. That's right. Because I'm standing. And I am still. And this is another thing. Say, well, she's a uh, she's a woman pastor. No, I am a pastor who happens to be a woman. That's exactly right. And I am not going to downplay my femininity. Right. To be accepted. To be accepted. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. So a lot of people say, "Well, you're the poster child." I don't know if you know. I became the first woman to pastor Missionary Baptist Church. I did not know in that. Columbus, Georgia. I and now I actually um, sit on the cabinet of the General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia, and was the first woman in 50 years. In 150 years. Oh, 150 years. And this is where your presence can be known. Exactly. And this is where you can make a difference. But if we you know, because it's not just men that are not accepting exactly. women as well. There are women, women. who are not accepting yeah. of exactly. women in ministry as a whole, not just in pastoring, but in many other capacities. Like we ought to be silent in the church and mm-hmm. not be, wait till we get home. What if we ain't got a husband? I'm in trouble. So, if you know, all of these parts that we that we try to put into the mix, mm-hmm. seasoned women like you can help us help other women in ministry to Settle in and and be okay and be okay. Exactly. So I have been uh, and I've talked to other women in ministry. How do we bring it together? How do we bring it together and really be transparent? That's another thing that we can be transparent. We can be honest with ourselves and we can come to the round table and we can share and say, this is the issue I have. And somebody else have had that issue say, hey, sweetie, you know, this is how you're going to, uh, how, how you're going to beat that, right. how you want to get through that. Right. But we won't even come to the table. We we, this is the thing. The we, I think we'll sometimes we try to prove our anointing or we try to prove our power in the kingdom. And we don't want to admit that it gets hard sometimes. Exactly. Or that this is the thing I had to go through, and this is how I was able to overcome it. But at first, I was pushed right. in a corner with this. And be honest. And be and honest. honest. Yes. It, it, this has not been an easy journey for me. It has not been. There has been some hills. There has been some mountains. And there have been some valleys. That that song, my favorite song, and if you come to my birthday party, you might hear it, because I promise you. I'm coming. 
I will complain. It's my son. Yes. Heels decline. Uh, You've gone through some things, but at the end of the day, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will complain. And that's it. I will not. I will not. And as a matter of fact, I think when that song, they say, I can't. Mm. I think my daddy sing like that. He said, I can't complain. That's it. Because why? God has been too good. Been too good. Yes, he has. He has been so good to us. And I think he developed women like you in ministry. I call you bush beaters mm-hmm. because you pave a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you you make a, a path for many others. Not that it's not going to be some grow up in it, right. in the path. Right. Not that it, but you have made a clearance for many to come and follow in those paths and not have to work as hard as you had to work. But we have to learn how to get behind women like you and walk these paths without feeling intimidated that I'm not fulfilling in me what I need. If I got the right people around me, I'll overcome it and I'll be able to rise above the situation that I'm in. But we don't know how to do that. So when something hit us, if I digress someplace, then now that's your place to teach. Yeah. Instead of you being a help to me in, let's say, in grief. Right. Grief can take you to dark places. It will. I know. It shall. It, and it shall. But if you don't have the right people around you in the middle of grief, you can find yourself in dark places. Mm-hmm. And and now that's people's tea time mm-hmm. as opposed to, and I'm especially speaking to women in ministry, because we have this um, part of us that's supposed to be nurturing. Mm-hmm. As women, we're supposed to be able to nurture. And we have to figure out how to do that in ministry, one toward another, and still maintain our position as whatever that calling is to our lives. And I think that what you have described is exactly what I've been saying all along. Mm-hmm. We, we we have to learn how to come together and be a oneness, not against anything else, no. but a support to what we are as women in ministry. Right. Correct. And we're so suspicious of one another, even in this place. Wonder why she's having a show. Is she trying to start some type of organization? Or And we always so suspicious and just thinking we only trying to help somebody in that low place, that you don't have to be alone. There's some women. There is a woman in Columbus, Georgia, that care about you enough to say, I'm here, sis. You don't have to go at this by yourself because you're going to hit a low place in ministry. If you're in ministry, I don't care how many books, how many members. You can't turn to your members because your members, uh, they they don't understand where you are in ministry because they are not called to this place. They don't have the oil. Right. I don't care how many times they take you to lunch and buy you a purse. They don't have the oil of what's been put on our lives as a minister, a whole pastor, as you put it. A whole pastor. They don't have the container. They don't have it. What's in you. No. And most of the time, they don't have enough. uh, They're not built Mm -hmm. for what you have to say and still maintain their shape and form. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we have seen where we tried to pour into a member and it, they just break and fall apart and and deteriorate almost because they're not able to carry, no, what it is that you're pouring because yeah. it's more than what they can take. 
And uh, and 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 I know that sounds like it's trying to be more than, but it's not trying it's to not. be more. It's just factual. Mm-hmm. Memberships, most of the time, the lay members are not mentally, spiritually capable of of carrying what you all have in you as mem- as uh, leaders. Cannot. And when we find ourselves going to them for the sharpening, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're not able to. Take that cut you got. Like when you lay it on them like that, they, that's way too much. I, oh, I didn't really need to know all of that. I, and then now they, they're they unable to help you because they have been overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. By what you have. Absolutely. But as leaders, as women in ministry, um, this is the part where iron sharpened iron. Correct. Where... The continent of a friend, you know, we're having, you know, some finger foods. We're sitting around getting to know one another because, unfortunately, I don't know a lot of female pastors. Right. In Columbus. Right. Even though I'm from Columbus, Phoenix City area, I don't know a lot. All right. Anyway, well, you don't have a relationship. I don't have a relationship. Right. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you this. This is another low. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult because we're not trusting. If I do come up and try to introduce myself, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I there was this one young lady, um, young in ministry, mm-hmm. and she was going around trying to introduce herself and be a part of the community as a pastor mm-hmm. and to say that she wasn't rejected on every hand. Wow. Like, and, and, and this is the thing. Dismissed because we feel like if you haven't been in this game long again long enough mm-hmm. that you're nobody mm-hmm. to take time with, mm-hmm. and that is another. See, all of these things that we're talking about are things we have to start in our mind considering not to do. Right, right. Because you ten years ago, nobody knew you like that, mm-hmm. but little did they know ten years later mm-hmm. that you would be the senior pastor of Agape Mm -hmm. and uh, in the role that you're in. Mm -hmm. And how dare we dismiss you 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. How how dare we dismiss uh, a man or a woman or a woman of God, to be talking about women, Mm -hmm. in any capacity in their, I call, infancy stage. Right. And then only are they accepted is after they have, proven themselves. But the thing the holds us helping them get to right they need to. Right. And the thing with that is that we forget we started at the same place. We started at the same start line. With the same rejection. With the same rejection. And and th- these are the words that will come out of our mouth. Well I'm not gonna do anybody the way that I was done. But we're doing it. But we do it. We're doing it. Um I was um a couple of weeks ago, met a uh, female pastor. Um, she had just become the female, the senior pastor of this particular ministry in Phoenix City. So when she entered into the conference room, I didn't know at the time that she was the senior pastor, but she wasn't very welcoming. So after I found out that she was the senior pastor, I was going to go up and introduce, because I'm like, you know, hey, we're in the same city. We have a church in the same city. You know, let's let's have lunch, let's sit down, let's collaborate, let's talk. But she was not welcoming at all. So guess what I did after that service? 
Because we have a tendency to walk in a room full of people as if you've arrived. I've arrived. Yeah, we hit the scene sometimes trying to prove a point. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a high place for us. That is another low place is that we are not able to be humble enough to respect each other every capacity. That's the part. I, if I can drill anything home in all of these uh, interviews is every capacity should have the level of respect regardless whether I've been in ministry one month or whether I've been in ministry 25 years. Right. Because we all have to stay teachable. Because once we become unteachable, you fall, right? And you will fail. That's our highs. Our highs is what we have learned. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, we don't really talk about how we got to those places Mm -hmm. like we did today. Mm -hmm. But we need to talk about We do talk about how we was at such and slow and how what I learned there. I learned and so because I learned, it took me to the highs. It took me to the highs and it, it, it allowed me to be where I am now and to humble myself enough that if you were just moving to the city and you are starting a ministry or or you know how some organizations they'll change out pastors like the method yes they change out pastors so every so often and I thank you for joining me for this five-part series that we have put together the five of us of the other pastors that have joined us at the round table to bring to you a light or an, or an idea of what it takes to be women in ministry the highs and the lows of that to express themselves from their heart what it takes for them to get out and do what they have been called to do. I appreciate each and every one of them that have joined us. Please join us for the final series of part five of the women, the highs and the lows of ministry.